0: Matthew 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, if not more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store any of the barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them and you're not much more valuable than they. Can any one of you be worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you not worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own.
1: Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. And I pray for Joya
2: right now as you brings your word to us inspire her,
1: and speak through her, and minister to her as well. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Amen. Thank you, John and Nicole, for reading that. That was amazing, and it was a bit of a tough act to follow. Um, they were so great. Uh feeling a bit nervous this morning because this happens to be Stephen's favorite verse in the Bible as well, so <laughs> hope I do a good job. Um, Do Not Worry. The title was How to Stop Worrying. And at the end of it, we'll have the answer, won't we? (laughs) I don't know. I've got a few caveats first, friends. And it's really good because I look out and um, I've been part of this church family for about 16 years now. And I look out and it's my friends and, uh, and my church family and I love it and so I, I'm calling you friends and we are a community and that was kind of one of the strongest pictures I had this morning when I was praying that as you guys walk in, this is our community, we're doing this together and we were designed to live in community and not in isolation. However probably doesn't always feel like that, does it? Sometimes it does feel like we're in isolation and and certainly one of the biggest changes in my life recently has been becoming a mum, and it should be that my community grew, and yet it's been some of the most isolating feelings sometimes. So all of the things that I've said that we are a community, if it's not feeling like that today, then ask for help, talk to somebody, okay? Don't leave because that's what we're meant to be doing. couple of caveats. Anxiety is a big struggle. My day job um, is being a mum, but my other day job is also I work in a secondary school, and um, we really prioritise the children's mental health and the staff's mental health, and so it's a big topic of conversation, and it's a big topic in our generation amongst any age. And like I say, we're made to be in community, so I don't want to make light of any of the big things that we might struggle with here in our community at all, and I want to really reiterate that um, we want to do life together, and and we need each other to to do that. So don't hear what I'm saying in, in sort of isolation of that. There could be lots of caveats. I was saying this to Alan this morning, but I think probably the overarching one the context, the framework of everything I want to say today is that there is a God who loves us, who knows us, and deeply wants to, to have us cry out to him um, with everything that we need because he has got us. And it might not always feel like that, but he knows that. And so if you hear nothing else from me today, know that we are a community of people here who maybe hold that belief that there is a God out there who loves us so much and knows us and knows every individual situation better than I can know every individual situation. And he longs to meet with us. And I believe that he will meet with us this morning if he hasn't already started doing that during the worship time anyway. I don't know that I've got all the answers, in fact, I probably don't, but I do have some thoughts that I thought might be helpful, and I know for sure that Jesus wants to speak words of life and hope through this passage. So, like every good preacher, I did some research on the internet, Google Images was the first one, (laughs) about the topic of worry, and here's some of what was out there. I quite like the guy holding all of the, uh, the stuff on the, the back of the lorry because it sort of reminds me of when I go to India and uh, there are, like, I don't even know how all that stuff fits on the back of a lorry. Um, my favourite up there is um, don't fill your head with worries because there might not be room for anything else and that is sometimes how it feels like if I have a new thought something else has fallen out and I don't know what it is. Maybe some of these quotes are positive and well-meaning, but maybe you've even sent one of these on to somebody, but maybe they're not actually hugely life-changing. And then I read today's passage, and my take home at first glance was, well, Jesus is seemingly saying, don't worry about anything. He's taking care of the wildlife. They look great, don't they? Much better than Solomon did. Don't worry about a thing. And Jesus loves you more than that, so of course, he's going to take care of you. And that, of course, must pack more of a punch, because Jesus said it. But I can't help but be left with a feeling of that just feels easier said than done. I started back at work this September, and uh, after being on maternity leave for quite a while, and it was the biggest change for me and our girls because for 14 months, at least, we'd spent every day, and I mean every day, all day, together. Um, And now I was gonna be at work and Eliana was gonna go to preschool and Eden was at the childminder, so all changed. So the day before, my first day, I was thinking about how it was gonna go in the morning, like the departure, how was that gonna be? And uh, would there be tears, mainly mine, the mum guilt that I was going to feel about leaving them, and so I organised everything. Like, Stephen had, like, list upon list of things to do, and everything was, like, all the clothes were organised for the week, like, I bought more equipment to make sure everything was organised, lunch was done, and I thought, I'm going to have loads of time in the morning, Hi. loads of time in the morning, to, um, to just hang out with them and do breakfast together. Oh, Hello. <laughs> Um, So the morning came, everything organized, we had breakfast together, took the obligatory doorstep photo, and then I thought, now it starts. Bye-bye, girls, like, mommy's got to go to work, I love you, gonna see you later, have a great day, thinking it's gonna happen, doesn't it? And what was I met with? Bye, mommy, have a great day, and then, yeah, hi, and then she ran off. And Eden showed me to the door and then closed the door behind me, <laughs> waving. And I was like, I don't understand. Don't you miss me? Like, don't you understand? It's the end of an era. <laughs> like, why, don't, why are you not pining for me? And when I got home, they ran to me saying, you came back, mommy. I found you back. You came back. And I say to them, I always come back. They are totally secure and at peace that I will be back. Their security allows them to have joy in saying have a great day. It's actually a sign that we're in a great, secure relationship. And so it is with God. We can be that secure in his love for us and that he is with us. I really wanted to say uh, no to writing this talk, Alan, I just have to tell you that now. I've got many things in life at the moment that occupy my mind and are a cause for worry. So when I saw the title, I thought, I'm not sure about this. But I thought, I think, however, this is just real life, isn't it? All the stuff that we deal with on a day-to-day basis, it's real life. And I wanted to be able to stand here and tell you through the midst of all the stuff, the words we read in this passage, the words of Jesus, they ring true in every situation. So friends, let's lean in because I know that Jesus is wanting to speak to us through this. The Bible wasn't written in English, surprise, shock. The translated verses, however, often start, with sentence, start their sentences with, therefore. This implies that what is, said is of some, what is said before is of some importance and is linked to the next bit. So this set of verses starts off in the same way. So if we look at the bit beforehand, and you can follow in your Bibles. Jesus is talking about serving money and serving God. You can't do both. Should be up on the screen. You can't it says in the message translation you can't worship two gods at once. Loving God, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. If you decide for God, live in a life of God worship, it follows that therefore If you decide that we're following God, therefore. And then we have our passage. So it's saying if you can't serve God and money, if you decide to serve God, don't worry about where your food is gonna come from and what you're gonna wear. God has got it. Um, A friend that I used to work with, who, uh, yeah, he told me once that he read this article and he said that if you earn a certain money, a certain amount of money a year, there's a golden number, I don't remember what it was, then it's the optimal amount that you need to earn that will keep you happy enough that you can be comfortable and not too much that you're stressed about having the responsibility of having so much. Sounds great, doesn't it, on one hand? Let's keep pursuing the career or burning the candle at both ends so we can reach that target number. I'll be able to stop worrying when I hit that number, because that number actually was about eight years ago, and I'm sure it's probably gone up with the cost of living. And I thought, where's the line with that? We'll always work out how to spend more and always think of what we could do if we had more. So guess what? The chase continues to the next target. And I just wondered, when does it stop? And I think Jesus' words ring loud here. You can't serve money and God. You can't chase God while we're chasing money. Money will always move the goalposts for us. But God doesn't. He doesn't move the goalposts at all. I'm not saying don't progress in your career, don't work hard. I absolutely advocate for working hard and serving at our best whatever we do. Just a reminder of why we're doing it and who it, who's the master of why we're doing it. Jesus tells us that he's clothed and nourished the wildflowers and they're more beautiful than Solomon ever was. And he loves us more than the flowers, so of course, how much more will he meet our needs? And then there's the second therefore. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And then there's my favorite line. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What does this mean? So if we backtrack a little bit to the start of God's kingdom, Adam and Eve are living their best life. They're in the Garden of Eden, hanging out with God, naked, eating well, relaxing well, not worried about clothes, food, money. They trust God for everything, all of their provisions, completely. Love is in abundance here. And then the fall happens. Immediately, they're worried about all of those things that they were fine with before. They start to need to worry about their survival and they worry about their needs being met. This world that they're living in sounds a lot like our world. We lock our doors, we lock the car, we have, oh, we we try to remember to lock the car, we have a million passwords, we have insurance just in case, we care about our security. It would be almost dangerous, wouldn't it, to not think about these things. Even the other day, we were out as a family in Brighton, it was pouring rain, and someone stopped me to ask to use my phone to call someone. And uh, my initial reaction was a bit hesitant at first because I had the girls with me, and it was raining, and then I settled, and I said yes. But it made me think of what had changed in me that my initial reaction was one of self-protection then unfiltered love. To suddenly let all our concerns of survival and protection to go seems a little bit crazy. But there is another way. We read in Acts that there was a community of people, this mythical community that we read about, who were extremely concerned for others and not themselves. They shared everything that they had. They shared with the people that, uh, around them. Their, sh- their needs were met, and they met other people's needs. They didn't go hungry. They loved other people, and other people loved them too. It was this mythical creature that we read about in Acts that we call the church, the early church. They were real people, like you and me. So there was an alternative way turns out seeking God's kingdom and his righteousness looks like loving others more than ourselves and if we are doing that if we are all doing that our needs get met but let's face it with every good intention we have there's also a desire to meet our needs first and then out of being our needs we try to find capacity to help others it's exhausting I've done it I do it it's exhausting. Can you imagine a world where we believed that God would meet our needs so that we could love freely and live freely? You see, and I haven't got this sorted, but you see, if if the bank of resource that we're taking from is our own, it's gonna run out, it's finite. So we need to look at it a different way. And while I was thinking about this, an image popped into my head and I thought of our COVID years and these images. Remember this? It's not shame if if it was you, don't worry, it happened, it's gone. That time when we saw some incredible decision-making by some lovely people, gripped by panic and fear, and this panic buying, why did it happen? There should never have been a shortage of food, or toilet roll, or flour, weirdly. We were always allowed to leave the house to buy provisions, but panic and fear led to this survival instinct. I must look out for myself. I must make sure that I survive. Every man for himself. That wasn't a let's share all we have attitude, and that way everyone has enough. And this is just an example But we all battled our own survival selfishness during that time, I'm sure. All built, I guess, from fear and not seeking God's kingdom or his righteousness or our right relationship with God and others and seeking to love one another. Because what a different story we saw when we did do that, when we chose to love one another sacrificially There were thousands upon thousands of stories of us reaching out to our neighbors that we'd never spoken to before, that we were reaching out across the world, getting in touch with maybe friends and family that we hadn't reconnected with and checking in on them. That also happened. That was seeking God's kingdom. In the message, it says, steep our lives in God reality. What is a God reality? a right relationship with God. The reality of knowing that God is a loving father who knows what you need before you ask him. He's the God who knows where you're at and is close to you. He's the God who says, when you feel attacked, I'll show you how to forgive and live a life free of anger and resentment. He's the God who says, when you're mourning, I will bless you. When you are broken, I will bind up your heart and I will restore you. When you strive for peace, I will just give it to you. I will give you peace that passes all understanding. He is the God who says, When you cry out to me, you don't need fancy words or a meeting or a formula. I can and I will hear you. He is the God who says, Love one another because I have loved you. If you see someone in need, meet their need with what you have, because I will meet you need meet your need with all that I am. He is the God who says, Be bold and say, as Martha did, the one you love is sick, heal them. I think a God reality might be living and standing on these truths and many more. As I was writing this, I was thinking about my two girls. My mum, whose brother is desperately ill, and because of poor medical care in India, we face losing him. So she's headed out to India just this week to look after him. I was thinking of my friend who mourns the loss of their son, another friend who has just become a mum, the prospect of going back to work in difficult situations, health concerns, wondering if we're ever going to be able to move and have the space to raise our children, All these things were cloudy in my mind and more. But as I wrote those truths down, my capacity and perspective changed. Nothing changed about the situation, but I could feel the Holy Spirit working it in my mind. I felt a burst of resilience because I think the bank of resource went from my bank to God's. Because I want to draw from God's bank of resource for the concern that I have for all these people because I want to seek God's kingdom first. And his his kingdom, he cares for all the people and all the situations that I'm holding up already. This isn't some sort of self-help situation, but it's the truth that when we steep ourselves in a God reality and remind ourselves of who God is and what he says about us, and what he gives us freely, change does happen. When I was pregnant with both the girls, I had um, gestational diabetes, and I became quite militant with my diet. And if you were around me at the time, you know that that was the case. Even if you offered me one biscuit, I wouldn't eat it. And uh, I weighed all of my food out, and I only ate the correct amounts of sugar and carb. And I still struggled to manage my sugar levels and it was the strangest thing. I'd done everything to the letter, and it was still fluctuating. And it turns out that stress also affects your blood sugar levels. So, have you ever told a stressed person, you just need to be a bit less stressed? You might have been on the receiving end of that. I think stress is a problem for you, and you're like, okay, thank you. That's helped now, hasn't it? Um, That didn't pan out very well. Uh, So I started praying for peace instead because I couldn't change the stressful situations. A lot of them were nothing to do with me um, and weren't caused by me. Amazingly, of this daily prayer for peace, my blood sugar levels lowered. But when I would get caught in stress and forget about my God reality and start chasing the situation, my levels would rise. Now, you're wondering how do I know that it was really linked to stress? I tested my blood sugar levels six times a day. That's how I knew. But the same applies, so now disappointingly, it's easy to get caught in stress. The same applies, though. Seeking after God and reminding ourselves of God's truths in the journey to avoid worry. Now, what was my motivation when I was pregnant? It was my children. That was the motivation to pray daily for peace. I was thinking of them and their health. So, my next slide I like a slide I'm a teacher as you can tell (sighs) let's dare to hope let's dare to hope what a community could look like if we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness chasing Jesus and pursuing him daily doesn't mean that you'll care about your loved ones less because God is love and being in his presence will make you more like him and you'll love them more And you'll have capacity to pray more and think of them more. He will strengthen you so that you'll be able to be strong in your situations. My favorite is that peace that passes all understanding. It sounds crazy because peace in a situation that shouldn't be peaceful. It's forgiveness when it seems unforgivable. It's hope when it seems hopeless. And it's comfort when you are clutching at straws. It's the ability to remain calm when the situation isn't calm. And it's the reduction of anger. It's better mental health. It's better health all round. So, as I close, I just want to read you something that I found really helpful as I was writing this. And I didn't want to really change the words or anything. I just thought I'd read what they'd written. So, it's from the Bible Project. And it says He's talking about a long term vision for whole world restoration. These things were not all added to Jesus himself during his lifetime. He remained poor and in great danger even suffering as a victim of brutal murder. But he knew these experiences were not ultimate. Having every possible need met every day appears to be something we ultimately experience when God's kingdom is complete, when everyone everywhere operates and loves according to the king. Many of us will experience the pain of unmet needs in our life. We may not have the food, the medicine, or the provisions we need to survive. Even if we follow faithfully Jesus to the end, we may still live with justice for, uh, we may live with justice for all and still receive oppression in return. Some of us will be hurt and have no one to tend to our needs. Jesus' life and words speak to this reality as well. He, he himself experienced betrayal, poverty, hunger, violence, as he lived out the ways of God's kingdom, but he never felt insecure. Through the four Gospels, the story of Jesus shows him remaining confident that his life is in God's hands. He was banking everything on God's promise and trusting that the way of love is more satisfying, secure and safe than any other way. Though we can experience God's kingdom in part right now, especially in the communities where others are choosing to live like Jesus, we still suffer in the ways that invite us to rely more and more on God's generous character and his promise to unite his kingdom with our whole world. We'll stop competing with our co-workers. We'll stop fretting about others' approval. We'll stop exhausting ourselves to secure a future we cannot control. The more we practice the ways of Jesus and his kingdom, the more we enter a kind of freedom that helps us see how we are no longer in danger now. My words now. There's always a chance that we still feel, well, that's nice, Joya, but you don't know my situation. And you're right, for some of you, I don't. But I do know that God does, and he longs for us to seek him for all the things that we need. So I urge you, this time this morning and beyond, use this time to seek him. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and right now, seek his kingdom because it's in his kingdom that we're healed. And in his kingdom that we're forgiven, and we have the capacity to forgive. In his kingdom that we're restored. And it's out of our right relationship with Jesus that we restore and repair our relationships with others. Do all of this while seeking the Holy Spirit, involving our community. His job, the Holy Spirit's job, is to help us. That's great. Thank you for listening. Uh, Alan, do you want to come up?
1: Thank you so much, Joya, for that um, very inspiring, challenging, but encouraging talk and reminder. And um, we were talking before the service, and one of the things that we were just speaking about was um, how we go through life. In some ways, we get more peaceful and more chilled and more understanding, but another level, we have far more to worry about don't we, as we progress in our careers, we have more responsibility, as we have family, we have responsibilities for them and things going wrong. Um, sometimes we've gone through difficult challenges ourselves and the scars and the disappointments make us worry about the future, whether those things will happen again. And um, just the sense that this morning, that the God, I mean, all of us will have things that we worry about. All of us will have things that we can be anxious about. But actually God invites us to hand those things over to him and lay them at his feet at the foot of the cross allow him to be with us in those moments as joy was saying god loves you he knows you he wants to meet with you and we're going to just make some space um this morning just to respond to anything that you felt um god was saying to you through the words of joy or um what he might be saying to you at the moment if the band would like to come up and if you're able would you just like to stand And we're just going to give some space just to be honest and real with God this morning and just say, Lord, here's what I'm worrying about. Here's what I'm struggling. I want to lay these things at your feet. And I want to experience your peace and your healing in this moment. So Holy Spirit, we invite you to come, we invite you to roam our hearts and we just want to be honest and real with you this morning and we want to lift to you, hand over to you those things that we are carrying on our shoulders and so often worry is just like weights on our shoulders, it just stops us living in the freedom that we're called to be, that we can live even in the storms, that we can live in freedom and peace as Joy was saying, a peace that goes beyond all understanding. And as we invite the Holy Spirit to come and to roam our hearts, I want just for you to imagine that you're carrying weights on your shoulder. And you're just laying those weights now at the feet of Jesus. One of the pictures we had before the service, Joy had a picture of someone with um, a broken back and on the service you're standing straight, it looks like you've got everything together, but inside you're, your back's broken with worry and God's plan for your life is that he would heal, restore and strengthen you. So come Holy Spirit come and heal, come and restore, come and strengthen, come and bring us peace. And just as you hand those things in your heart, hand those things over to Jesus, just receive his peace this morning. One of the pictures I had was, um, just sometimes we go shopping to Tesco's, and when my boys were younger, they always wanted to help carry the shopping bags they were heavy and I could see it was hurting them and they would get to the point where they'd say daddy could you help daddy could you carry this bag of course I'd take the weight and that's the invitation this morning for you to say to your heavenly daddy your heavenly father daddy would you help? Come, Holy Spirit. As we wait, just, just be real with him. And if you need help, say, Daddy, can you help? My Heavenly Father, can you help? space for us to continue to respond, respond in your own heart as we worship, and if you like prayer for anything, if you want to encounter God's peace afresh this morning, just come to the front, myself and Jillian, and we'll find some other people to pray for you, if you like prayer this morning, just to receive that peace that goes beyond understanding. So let's worship the Lord, and the invitation is for you to come forward and to say, Daddy, would you help me this morning?
2: So I throw my hands, praise you again. to love on you and just lift up your hallelujah when everything seems hopeless let's just lift up a hallelujah let's just sing that chorus one more time so I have brought my hands praise you
3: If you felt God speak to you today and you want prayer, you can contact the church pastoral team on email on pastoral at saintsavs.org.